Today we look back on the PS4 Pro. And how it's going to perform against the Xbox One X. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Triangle Square. Lucky number 24. I'm your host, Brett Beck, joined by your Saul other Bridges. host, Mr. Saul Bridges. Saul. Look, he beat me to saying his name this week, so I'm I did. Proud of him. If this is your first time you're joining us. Uh-oh. <clears throat> you got some you got some learning to do. There's a lot to catch up got on. Got some learning. 23 episodes. It's not as much as it seems like, but it is. 23 hours. Yeah, yeah, roughly. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. If this is your first time joining us, we are a PlayStation-centric podcast, and we post to SoundCloud in the form of podcast-only audio for you listeners, uh, and iTunes, Google Play Music, all those good, beautiful podcast services. And we also post in a video form on YouTube every Monday at 12 p.m. CST, 10 a.m. PST. And if you like what we do here, you can follow us on our Twitter at Triangle SQRD, uh, where we do some giveaway stuff and just talk with people and sometimes ask for, you know, topic ideas, questions that you'd like answered on the show and all that. But instead of spending too much more time on that, Saul, would you, good sir, like to hop into the drop? Sure. Everybody knows what we've been playing, so we might as well skip that because well, yeah, we true. are doing... Well, everybody, everybody who follows us on Twitter knows what we've been playing. And Destiny 2. Everybody who heard last week's episode NAC probably 2. knows. The uh, week of the sequels. Knack <clears throat> Souls 2. Knack Souls it's 2. It's very important. The Knackening. That's what I'm playing. Did you the, like that? Yeah, the Knackening. <laughs> so... We, you know. we are going to be doing an impressions video for Destiny 2, so we're not going to say much about it here. You can catch our bonus episode that's going to follow later on in the week from the Monday this airs. But, of course, we'll go into the drop. Once I pull it back up again, somehow, I don't know what has happened. See, that's what happens when we're so lazy and just it's, read it off of a list. Yeah, for us, you, know, you know, I should just remember it all. Yes, all. No, thank you. Man. <laughs> First on the list, we have Baja Edge of Control HD for PS4 out digitally and retail. I say, before I saw the HD, I was like, are they making a new Baja game? Is this a PS3 title? Yeah. Okay, I yeah. never have heard of this game before, so that would explain why. We have another crossed off game on the list, so that will be released later. We have Bloody oh, yeah. Zombies, a PS4 and PSVR title. We have Butter and Friends Baby Sim for PS4. Babysitter Sim. Babysitter Sim. That's right. I was okay. too. I was paying attention to the chocolate bar back there. That here. looks like an egg. An egg. Uh, tea bag. What is that? A carton of milk. Oh, is that a yeah? A butter tofu? Maybe I don't know. Sushi? I don't know. I don't know what that is. Sushi. I think you're right on that. <laughs> Let's go roll. We have Dishonored: Death of the Outsider Woo-woo. out for PS4 digitally and retail. Okay, I'm gonna stop you real quick right there. Uh-huh. This is part of the problem. I had a conversation earlier. I do not have the time to play the number of games that are releasing that I want. Oh, you should see my backlog. I still got to finish up Neo, Platinum, Dark Souls 2, 3, and Dude, I'm taking Persona 5. Platinums are probably about to fall off my list for a little bit until I have some downtime. I'm not platinum. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not trying to Platinum, Neo, or Persona 5. Because I want, I this is, and this them. is coming up this week, but East Lacrimosa of Dana. I want that. That's on here. Of yep. course. I want to play a good amount of Destiny 2, but I, I won't play it near as long as you already know that. Yeah. Uh, I want to beat Knack 2, and that is extremely hard considering the difficulty I'm playing on. Um, let's see. There's something else. There's stuff coming. I know that there's obviously... Uh, Dishonored. Dishonored. I want to... Really, I do want to Platinum near. That's something I've put off for far too long. I haven't even started Marvel... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the Telltale series, because it, has, it needs to finish yeah, before I will play out. it. 
uh, but I did go ahead and buy it. Makes sense. I don't know. There's just way too much on my plate. But please continue. <laughs> sure. We have Dream Break next up for PS4. We have Get Over Here, a PS4 game. We have Happy Dungeons, yet another PS4 title. We have something kind of interesting. We have Inside and Limbo Double Pack, both games that if you have never played, you definitely should. That's good. I- I'm surprised it's only retail. I'm surprised they don't do a digital buy both and get a discount. Yeah, you know? I guess so. That makes sense. But that's still cool. We have Maze, a PS4 title that has some cool-looking corn on the box art there. <laughs> we have Manifest 99, a PSVR exclusive title. We have NASCAR Heat 2 for PS4 digitally and available at your local retailer. NBA Live 18, both PS4 digitally and at a retailer, in case you guys like to collect those games. NHL 18, following the suite of the past two games, they're both physically and digitally out for PS4. Man, this is the week of uh, sport sports games. release, yeah. We have Planet of the Eyes for PS4. We have yet another sport game. We have Pro Evolution Soccer 2018 for PS4 and PS3. Got to leave that. Got to keep that PS3 in there for these course, games. Of course, it's the only thing Konami is making any money off of. And pachinko machines. Uh, we have Samurai Showdown V Special for PS4 and PS Vita. Very cool looking art there. We have Time Recoil PS4 digital title. Tooth and Nail PS4. Tooth and digital. Tail. It's very important that you know that because it's uh, the it game. Tooth and it's tail. that RTS game we talked about. We played at PSX last year. Me and Blaze did, and it's like an RTS. It's really cool. That is, I've been craving a good RTS. You should check it out, and you should too, listeners. We have transcripted a PS4 title. Judging off the art, it looks like PSVR. We have Trulon the Shadow Engine, PS4 digital title. VR Carts, PS4, or PSVR. I was going to say PS4 I'm actually down for the idea of that, though, to be be fair. We have a big one on the list. We have East 8, Lacrimosa of Donna for PS4 or Dana. It'll be at PS4 and PS Vita. And that's the one I, and that's where I'm torn because I don't know which system to get this on finally. I want to support Vita and buy it on Vita, but I've not had much time to play my Vita, and I'll probably more likely play it if I buy the PS4 version. I'm going to say something kind of sacrilege, and uh, kind of, but maybe if we stop supporting the Vita, we'll get a new one. <laughs> It's weird that you say that because I've thought it before too, yeah. but here's the problem. I would rather continue to support the Vita and get games on it than stop supporting it and then still not make another one and then have no games They have as well. to make another handheld. I just, they have to. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But we have that for the drop. Why don't we go ahead and hop into the news with you? Yeah, yeah, go ahead and move through this pretty quickly. So this week's news has been very Destiny-filled and... I'm just not even going to deal with My all that. My favorite kind of news. Uh, it's way too much. Uh, so if you like Destiny and you are the person that this stuff is aimed at, you are probably already know all this news. It's a bunch of ridiculous stuff, some stuff about the Curse of Osiris expansion and all that. So. Right. Uh, but <clears throat> going into the news that's not Destiny-related, uh, Rockstar have announced they are bringing L.A. Noir to PS4. The remaster will see many enhancements in the form of improved lighting, clouds, higher-resolution textures, and more. The game will run at 1080p on base PS4 models, and I don't think I've seen this in a remaster yet. Um, not a remake, a remaster. Um, it will ge- be getting 4K support for pro models. Skyrim. Yeah. Um, I was like, there's something else. Well, I was going to say, Rockstar treats their games pretty well, I think. So I think this is going to turn out really good. Yeah. Uh, so the game will release on November 14th of Sweet. this year. So it's coming soon. Uh, and Great I don't know game. If you saw me, it's, it's being released like four different ways. It's like there's going to be some VR case file things they do for it. It's coming out on Xbox One X, PS4 Pro, and obviously the PS4 and Xbox One, and then the Switch. And the Switch is going to have 
Man, you missed all this, huh? I didn't even know it was going to be on the Switch. Yeah, it's going to be on Switch. If this game has a platinum, I'm going to get it on four PS4. It will have Excuse a platinum. Excuse me for the hiccup. That, but if but it doesn't, we'll it'll be Switch. Okay. Next thing up on the list is CD Projekt Red have announced that the PS4 Pro patch for The Witcher 3 will be coming possibly as early as a couple of days. The update was originally confirmed during E3 alongside the announcement of the Xbox One X, which will also get a performance up increasing patch. So that's cool. Um, next up, and this is, I'll tell you, man. This game and these people. It's not true. They came out and confirmed that that's not how the difficulty works. Did they? Yes. I did not see yes. that. Yeah, let me pull up a source article, but go ahead and go through this. Yeah, go ahead. Well, okay, either way, we'll talk about what they at least showed, because it's funny. Uh, in typical South Park fashion, the fractured butthole apparently doesn't have a controversial feature. The difficulty setting for the game changes the color of your character's skin, changing the amount of money you get and how characters interact with you throughout the game. So what I wonder there, the continuation part is that not stopping there when choosing gender, Mr. Mackey will then ask you to clarify if you are cisgender or transgender. Oh, God. And this plays back into the fact that you could only play as a boy in the first game. So they use this as a, as a moment to be like where Mr. Mackey is like calls your parents to confirm and is like, oh, okay, so throughout the stick of truth, he was a girl the whole time. <laughs> I, uh, I have the game sitting at home on a on my Xbox 360 Elite. Uh, you should bedroom. you should really play the the one that's coming on PS4, the remaster that comes with the game, uh, mainly because the game just had a little bit of performance issues on the PS3 and 360. Every now and then, when you're walking around town, it would just really get super choppy and it was annoying. Uh, combat, thankfully, never really had any big problems, and that was the most fun parts of the game. But during the process of you changing the slider, which is going to affect your skin color, Eric Cartman who is, of course, one of the very main characters of South Park, will tell you, don't worry, this doesn't affect combat, just every other aspect of your whole life. Well, exactly. But what I'm still saying is that it comes into the amount of money you get. It's difficulty and weird other See, things. I, like I said, I never played the first game. No, I get where so you're it doesn't, going. it doesn't affect... Okay, so it, affect, it kind of makes things harder on you, but not during combat. Because people will respond to you differently, and people will get, and you'll get less money from encounters and battles. Got and it, okay. And stuff. So, Interesting. Weird. Uh, so, odd social commentary on, on racism going on definitely in this country today. Uh, next thing up on the list, Yakuza Kiwami received update 1.02 this week, fixing various bugs as well as adding the Kiwami Fun Pack. Uh, next thing, Bando, Bandai, Bando, Bandai Namco's Code Vein received 17 minutes of gameplay this week. The gameplay served to reinforce the anime Dark Souls description from the reveal. Uh, the game is still set to launch sometime next year, and the gameplay looked really great. I don't know if you ever checked it out. No, it's I didn't. Kind of got I'm kind of staying blind. The, the environments are just a little bit bland right now, but it's also still in development, so I'm kind of being... But, man, past that, the combat looks great. It looks very Bloodborne, specifically reminiscent, and uh, the character models themselves look beautiful. We were going to uh, eat one night, and I think uh, we were talking about that. that you, it's specifically more Bloodborne style. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. I did mention cool. that. Cool. Yeah. So next thing up, uh, Hellblade was the best-selling game on the European PlayStation Store last month. So congratulations. Very to interesting. Theory. Love those guys. Love we have game. we have an interesting thing that you're going to announce here in a few minutes. Well, we've about, already talked about it loosely, but we'll, we'll get about to it in Hellblade. a second. All right, so next thing up, DC has announced plans for a Justice League VR experience that will launch in phases. The final phase is set to include versions planned for the Vive, Rift, and PSVR, though they really they put on there that it's subject to change. Right. So we will see. Uh, and if that does happen, they're aiming for December release. That's for a all weird thing. Very odd. Um, and I wonder how well it'll do. Having plenty of conversations about the DCEU this past week and how it's going to go moving forward. But 
that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, for a whole different podcast. <laughs> yeah, we didn't make that podcast. I don't watch enough movies. We couldn't do that. <laughs> All right, next thing is that WWE 2K18 full roster has been revealed. So if that game interests you, go check that out. See who's on it and who's not. I saw a bunch of people complaining that there's no Hulk Hogan. It's important. And it looks like maybe the Hardy Boys won't be on there. So, you know, if you like WWE, which I don't remember much about WWE, but those are two people I remember, so... All right, let's see. Capcom have announced Resident Evil 7 Gold Edition for Japan, meaning a North American announcement is imminent. Uh, the game will basically act as a Game of the Year edition and will include all the DLC released so far. This version will also include the Not a Hero DLC that planned uh, that was planned to release shortly after launch but was delayed. It was delayed this far? Yeah. Okay, that must be a massive DLC then. I don't know. It's weird, and if I'm not mistaken from what I was reading, uh, it's still free for people who already own the game. That specific one is. Very cool. So, looks interesting. But need to play that game. Next thing up, 19th Century VR Murder Mystery, The Invisible Hours, has a price and release date. Uh, the game will be available starting October 10th and will cost twenty nine ninety nine and can be picked up digitally or physically. Uh, last thing on my list, and I just thought that was really interesting, so I put it on here. Uh, one of our listeners, actually. Uh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, so that's cool. NAC 2 was free on the PlayStation Store in certain regions, Due to a supposed hiccup in the store, users were able to download the game free of charge, um, though this now seems to have been remedied. So don't go try and download the game for free. Uh, what I'm really curious to see is if they're going to pull the license for all the people who are able to download it for free. Uh, and if Better. they do, are they going to compensate similar to how that happened with Borderlands? Uh, On the Xbox. Collection? Yeah. A while back ago. So... Anyway, that's it for news. There's probably a couple things I missed. It was so hard to dig through all this Destiny stuff going on, but that's a good gist of it. So, before we go into the topic of the show, last week's episode, close to the end, we talked about the Hellblade case that I had designed and printed. Don't forget um, reader mail, good sir. I know, but <laughs> you can do reader mail in a second. It's fine. I'm so, while I have the mic, I was going to take this opportunity. So, uh, we wanted to, basically, we figured out how we want to go about doing it, and what we're going to do is we're going to set up a page, um... Much like we did for the first giveaway we did for the episode 10, uh, we're going to set up a page uh, for Glimmer. And what's going to be is a basically Gleam. Sorry, that's what it is. I just now realized. Destiny. Ah, (laughs) too much of it. All right. So, yeah, we're going to set up a Gleam page. Uh, It won't be anything where you have to follow or subscribe. We want to really do it to encourage people who already listen to us just to tell us what their thoughts were on Hellblade. So the way we're going to set it up is that you will have to follow us on Twitter most likely for this to set up. If I can do it without it, I'm still fine with that. Uh, we'll see, though. Uh, and then it'll be to where all you have to do is tweet at us why you love Tailblade or what you th- you know why you like Tailblade, whichever you, however you felt about it. Maybe you didn't love it. But, yeah, just tell us what you thought about Hellblade and why you loved it. Hard mode, 140 characters or less. One tweet. Oh, yeah, one tweet. Yeah, so, yeah. so one tweet. No, no chaining your tweets together. All one tweet. I like that song. Good addition. Yeah, I was, I th- I was thinking. I was like, man, that's hard to do in 140 so, yeah, tell, characters. Tell us why you loved Hellblade in 140 characters. I'm down with that. Um, you make it a little bit less because of the way that it will try and loop into the Gleam thing. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure how that works on Gleam. Either way, we will do that, and uh, we want to do it to where, since we have a good amount of U.K. listeners, we want to kind of limit it to U.S. and U.K. so that we're not going too insane because I want to set it up to where the U.S. winner, and I'm going to choose two winners on this, the U.S. winner will get a U.S. design case that has the M rating for the game and and set up with all that stuff, Uh, and we will flip the rating system for the European version, and I'll print a specific copy of that. Uh, you know, I'll design that one and, and print that one out and get it cut and sent to you for the UK winner. 
uh, with a Peggy rating instead. So moving on from that, you will be able to find it. We'll post it on Twitter. So if you listen to us and follow us on there, you can just find it pretty easily. Uh, and uh, what I'll probably do to satiate, uh, you know, in terms of where the link is, I'll put the link into the description of the YouTube videos and the SoundCloud thing so that you can click on it and still, yeah. still participate. So Saul, I'll get over to our reader go mail. over to reader mail. Yeah. I'll, As I'll you guys always know. And if you didn't every week, about 24 hours before we record this podcast, we will ask you guys to ask us questions. If you go over there to uh, Triangle SQRD Twitter, we always have that linked in the profile below. Um, we answer them on air, of course, and that's what we're going to do real quick. I don't know what this GIF is, but I'm loving it. I don't either. Um, our question. What is he? It's first his tongue, question, but it looks like a shoe. Looks like a flip flop. <laughs> our first question is from our good friend over here named Sean Santarude. All-time favorite gaming character or game that has surprised you most this year? This is my favorite guy. And he put a GIF in, and I'm not too sure what it's from, Sean, so let us know that when you watch this episode. Um, I love it regardless, but I'm not sure what it is. I'm think I'm feeling PS1, PS2. Yeah, and see, with this question, we will go with, let's go ahead and go with all-time favorite gaming character because down here, Shiriko also asked us the most, uh, what game has surprised us the most this year. Okay, cool. So um, we're going to go with all-time favorite gaming character, Brett. This is so hard. It is. Mine is a, typically a kind of a cheat answer. I have two. One is not a real character. It's a, a custom character you make. I'm going to say any okay. Dark Souls character. That you play as. Okay, whatever. See, and I told you that's why it's a cheat, so I have a backup. It's a bad cheat. It's a backup. So where, who's your actual defined character? Who's Big your, Boss. Big Boss. Big Boss. Okay, I, I see it. I feel it. I know Metal you Gear Solid well 3, enough. great game. The things he went through in that game that had him, he went through his naked stake or whatever. Still original Big Boss. The things he went through, the betrayal he had to go through from Boss was terrible. I felt for that man. Man, this is really, really hard to answer. Like, really hard to it answer. It is. And, like, um, I was sitting there, and I was like, is Link my favorite character? And it's like, well, there's so many reiterations of Link, it's kind of hard to feel which one. And then I was like, Majora is a cool character. Not Skull Kid, but the incarnation of Majora, the the mask, is really cool to me. Yeah, um, yeah. Then I was like, well, what's one of my favorite games that I love so much? And I was like, Metal Gear Solid 3 I love. And then I was like, and I do, I was like, I do like Big Boss a whole lot. Okay, well... I know that um, I'm not even. It's not going to be that I regret because I love this character. So it's just it's it's so hard for me to choose favorites. So I'm going to go because of the charisma and I always think the sense of humor in the games are really good. Specifically because of him, uh, I'm going to go Sly Cooper. Okay, I feel no, like I feel like I can rest with that answer. Okay, uh, I do. There's I, just as a backups. I do love Crash Bandicoot. There's just something about his silliness that really just makes me laugh every time I play those games. That's part of the reason I love those games so much is that the amount of character he has without any words is really surprising. I saw a really offending joke a lot about Crash Bandicoot that made me laugh really <laughs> And I'm not going to say it on the sh- on the air, but I'll tell you after. Um, All right. Next question, we have Mr. No Fate. Another Sean. Another Sean. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and he has he has a little bit of, uh, this is kind a, of good a question, segmented actually. question. Yeah, we, this, it's a good question. So we'll go. We'll take it at one by one. Well, it's it's wrapped up into a one whole one, thing. Yeah, like, where so, do you stand? So, yeah, where do you stand on buying a game? Yeah, do you pre-order? Okay, I pre-order when I know without without a shadow of a doubt that I will love the game. So, typically, when it's from a developer that I extremely trust, or in a series that is yet to fail me, I agree. Um, that's my answer as well. That's typically where I go. And you know, I will say I never pre-order for pre-order bonuses. I don't care. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Um, I mainly pre-order because a I buy all the games physically that I can. Uh, I don't buy used. I always try and support the developer. Uh, I was poor at one point in time, and that wasn't true. So now that I have the money to do so, I try my best to do that. Correct. Um, I never use pre-order bonuses. I mean, almost. I can't even think of one that the, I've used. The last one I have in recent memory is the little Cade figure that you get. Well, yeah, but that's a figure, and that's a no. That's but I'm more. I'm talking about from a code perspective because they've, they've oh they've almost done away with the posters and stuff. They've gone I mostly can't. the oh, if you pre-order, you're going to get this, this, and this. Actually, some came with Destiny. I don't even know where I did with my receipt. It's on there. I didn't use it. You get a legendary sword and a legendary emote. Um, eh. But. I don't. I can't think of the last time either that I, I pre-ordered for a code. And I pre-order it because I know I'm picking it up when it's a game I, I love. I'm picking it up day one anyway. So what's the point? And maybe maybe know? for like a previous Call of Duty to get the beta. I didn't pre-order specifically because of that, but that was an incentive that helped. Yeah, um, I don't. I never play betas, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, it's really rare true. that I play a beta. That's what I say. I don't say never because I do occasionally. Do you wait <laughs> for reviews? In uh, the same question. I do on games I'm unsure of. Exactly. Uh, see games like Destiny, <clears throat> most Call of Duties, not this one coming up, um, and then other games that I play, um, Persona games, Final Fantasy games. Should have, should have waited. On Here's that what one, I really but. want to say though: I I am not a stickler for reviews, and I've told you I'm not a fan of the number system. I never have been. Uh, I really like to read people's reviews sometimes before I pick a game up that I'm unsure of and just see, I, I try and completely take the number out of out of my mind and see what they say about the game. Right. Regardless of whether they frame it in a positive or negative light, I just try and see what the game's about from that. And if I can tell what the game's about enough from that and gameplay combined, I'll normally be able to tell if it's a game I will like or not. I do not go off of other people's opinions because I like a lot of games that other people do not like. And if I would have listened to people's opinions, I, which I don't get me wrong, I picked up the order as soon as it came out. Um, but if let's just say I was a little hesitant and I didn't pick up the game because the order had some really split reviews, I wouldn't have experienced a game that I love. Uh, and that's just the way games work there. I mean, yeah. you know, Dragon Guard three got crapped on. It got like a six from game informer because it doesn't perform very well. Well, performance doesn't make or break a game. The game played and I loved it for what it was. Did performance matter? Yeah, it does. And I can see taking, knocking points off of for it, but you know, really Dragon Guard three is still an eight or nine out of 10 for me because the game did what I wanted it to do. Right. But just so it's so hard the... for me to give a review the time of day in the same sense that most people do where, a lot of people like to do this, read very loosely, scroll to the bottom, see what the score is, and then look at what the highlights and negatives yeah. are. I'm not a fan of that. Uh, and I actually find that the few times where I've went and done that, I always have to stop and go, this is not fair to the game, in my opinion. my I like such a weird ra- a range of, like, array of games anyway that I kind of just have to follow my gut and buy a game if I think I'm going to like it. And that's normally what I do. Sometimes it bites you in the ass. Uh, you know, that happened to me with The Surge. I thought The Surge was going to be really good. I love Lords of the Fallen. Got bit in the ass with that. But, oh, of course, yeah. Lords of the Fallen, I didn't. Because uh, right. Lords of the Fallen's a game I took a chance on, right. and I loved it. And see, um, for me, I, I don't I don't typically read reviews. Um, what I will do when I know I'm going to get a game, I will watch reviews. Just And this is, I, I know I'm going to get the game. Um, I'll watch the reviews just to see what I can mentally expect when playing the game. That makes um, sense. And yeah. kind of compare um, do you wait for a discount? Almost never. Almost never. Almost. I never. try and buy the game full price as much as possible. If there's a discount when I go to pick it up, that's just a bonus. I don't yeah. wait. Um, it just kind of happens sometimes. Sometimes I don't pick up a game because I just can't. Like I haven't picked up everybody's golf, but I'm extremely interested. Oh, in the I'm game. actually I'm actually picking that up this week sometime. Well, maybe I don't on know, man. That's another game in the list of things I don't have time to play. Um, and I'm I I don't know. I think I'm gonna pick it up when it slows down. Yeah. When game, when, when I have chance to actually play it, because I do not like buying a game for it to just sit here. 
And that's nothing against the developers. It's just when you have such great releases week after week after week, it's kind of like it's, it's hard, it. yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, if a game's on sale in the PlayStation Store for a, a good discounted price, like Knack. The original There's games Knack, that you avoided at first because you didn't know how you'd like, but then you take a chance because they're cheap enough. Right. Yeah. And, I, you know, their Bloodborne was like 8 bucks. But you never, you didn't specifically wait for that discount. You just saw it one day and were like, you know what? Knack looked kind of interesting. I'm going to pick it up. I know you didn't pick up Knack. Yeah, I but did. My point but being, once it does, yeah, once it does, um, wait for a Game of the Year edition. No on me. Never. Mainly because it's so unpredictable on what games are going to get these now. They're, they're really common, but I really think that those are kind of uncommon too that you can't tell you know if it's a bethesda game probably um if it's you know a resident evil game i would have thought that would come out so that's crazy to me that 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 the golden edition's coming out yeah so where i stand on this is that a i buy most games they want anyway so buying a game of the year edition is almost pointless for me exactly but i and you've talked about this a lot i almost never played dlc i love skyrim death and i have not beaten or even played dawn guard I've very, so very good, lightly played um, the one for Morrowind. Dragonborn. Yeah, Dragonborn. No, not <laughs> Dawn Guard. No, Morrowind was was Dragonborn because it introduced you going over. Was it? Her. It was. Okay, yeah, it was. It was. And I very loosely played it, and it was, it was fine. I don't know, though. I get my feel of a game, and then I like the feeling of wrapping up a game. I beat the game as much as I can. Uh, or all the way, and then I don't go back. Like, there's been DLC for Nier Automata. I love that game. Haven't gone back to play it. I've platinumed it. I will go back to play the base story. Yeah. But, and again, that's exactly what I did with uh, Skyrim when I platinumed it. I, w- I got the special edition, literally still didn't play any of the DLC. Just played the base game, platinum it, put it down. Because that's I, I got that feeling of completion. I don't need DLC. Right. It's just not something I'm normally for. And- there are games where it makes sense, like Destiny and in and, and continual games, uh, but I just don't typically play any of those. Definitely not to the length where the DLC matters to me. Right. Now, the last one I know for you is a solid. You're only physical for the most part. If it comes out physical, it's where I'm getting it. Yep. And see, for me, it yep. just depends on what it is. Um, if Destiny, I got the collector's edition. Obviously, I was going to buy it physical. Um, lately, I got I got a new PS4 You got the limited Pro. edition. I didn't know there was a difference. Collector's edition is the one that came in the bag. Oh, you got the I, one. I don't know. I got really, the hundred dollar one. You got the one that came with the steel book and the and the season pass. Yeah, and all the little cool figures yeah. and art books and everything. That so. was really cool. Um, but I'm typically more digitally nowadays. Um, Absolver didn't have a physical. Um, everyone's golf doesn't have physical. Uh, Every, everybody's golf does have physical. It does. Yes. Forty dollars. I did not know that. I still may. The it Last depends. Guardian. I mean, the Last Guardian. The, the Lost Legacy has got physical. All those. Yeah, I knew that had physical. I will say, though, if I'm also feeling particularly lazy one night and I'm sitting at home and I just want to play a game, I will just download it. I won't wait until the next day to go buy it. I'll just download it. Um, we have Nate Lloyd. Scorpion Wild. Our boy. Do you see a day when we have a unified online service like PSN or XBL throughout all consoles but having the same console exclusives? I want to. Okay, hold on, though. Hold on. Really think about this question. He's saying a unified online service. So he's saying that PSN takes over everything. Yeah, I would like that. But that's not going to That's not A, that's not going to happen. That's not what you're going to see. No, I know. It's impossible. uh, So so my answer to the question is no. You won't see a unified online service. What you will see, I'm fairly positive in the future, even with PlayStation. Sony being a jerk about it. Is that, no, no, I'm being a jerk. They are the industry leader. This is how business works. It doesn't really matter. I mean, yeah, the, the people who buy the consoles want it, but. It's weird. Sony is beholden to us, but they're also beholden to the 
the shareholders. It's very odd. I, yeah, I, it's, I don't when agree you see with stuff it, from a business, you kind of get to the point where you're like, okay, I kind of understand where this is coming from. Um, so no, I do not see a unified online service. What I'll, I do see, if you want to use unified as a word, I do see Xbox Live, whatever Nintendo calls their thing. I don't actually know what it is. I don't think it and has PSN, one. I see them being all cross-platform. That's what I see. That would be With the PC. golden day. Right That's there. what I see. That would be amazing. Because um, there's no reason for them to come together. PSN stands alone because it's where your account exists through. It's where your purchases exist. Right. Through. There's no reason for that to come over if your PlayStation purchase wouldn't work on an Xbox anyway. And I think I think that's almost what he meant, but I'm not too sure. He could he, the way he yeah, worded, worded it made could it sound be like one service. Word, wording could be everything. If yeah. you yeah, I do want it to be cross play. With everything, yeah. I want, and, and of course, and, I, and exactly that's where I think I still think you see the individual manufacturers come out because they have a little bit of different, like definitely this gen. You have Nintendo going the portable slash hybrid, you know, whatever console route. Uh, so that's a very different thinking thought process. Uh, so yes, you will see Nintendo standalone. Um, you'll see PlayStation standalone, and Xbox standalone because they all have very different general philosophies about gaming. Um, and that ends up working out. So, yes, you'll still see console exclusives regardless of platform. And, and that means that, of course, those console exclusives will not, will not benefit from any kind of cross-play, but it doesn't matter. Right. Um, I love the gif of Willy Wonka, by the way. I do, too. Uh, we have Shariko. Our last question. We have, what game has surprised you the most this year and what has disappointed you most only? But only out of this current year. So, disappointment-wise for me? The Surge. I'm fairly positive. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Too. I don't think that there's been a game I've been excited for this year that's that I've not enjoyed besides the surge. Yeah, the surge is pretty big. Uh, you was, weren't quite as excited for as me. You were still a little more apprehensive. I, I still was um, wanting to enjoy it and how, how bad of a big poo-poo game that game turned out to be. Yeah. Um, and, of course, everybody knows my answer because I said it last week. Absolver was the game that most surprised me this year. And, so far. And I think that's a great answer. That's a great answer. It's so, such a good game. As far as surprised, it's kind of hard to say. Um, this year's had a lot of really big releases. I, I, I almost want to say Hellblade, but Hellblade's not really a surprise because I knew it was going to be good because I know the pedigree kind of the expected studio. it. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I've seen a game that I literally just got and and was like, holy crap, this is really good. I'm trying to really think. Sonic Mania, perhaps? No, I'm, really, I kind of knew Sonic Mania was going to be good because it was, it knew what it was going for. Uh, see, Sonic Forces, that will be surprising if it's actually really good, because I'm so torn on that game. I mm. think 3D Sonic can be good, but now it's, it's trying to go within what's already released this year that I've picked up yeah. that has surprised me. I don't. I, it's rare that I pick up a game. Again, sometimes I'll do it, and I'll pick up a game that I still don't know about, and then it just ends up being good. Um I want to say yeah. that even though I played the beta and I knew, and that's one of the few times I played the beta, I knew it was going to be good. Neo was surprising to an extent because I just didn't think that Neo would end up being as good as it was. I didn't beat it. I got really close, uh, and it was just something else came out, and I haven't gone back. Near, perhaps. Near's not a surprise. No, I'm talking about Near came out. The, I will say that the fact that Near exists, the fact that Near Automata exists, is a, a huge surprise. No, I'm talking about Near came out for Neo. Is that what stopped you from playing Neo? Oh, no. Okay. No. I couldn't remember. But I know they're all... Flipping horizon. what you were saying, even though you didn't imply it that way, I will say that the fact... It, it came out this year. I'm not surprised that it came out, but I was super surprised when they even announced that game. Oh, Nier Automa? Yeah. Or Automata. Dude, when they announced that at like E3 2015, I was like, no, what? The first game sold so badly, even if it was amazing. So, 
I don't know. It's a it's a weird question to answer. Uh, disappointing is definitely the surge. It's about the only game. I I mean, I know some people would say Mass Effect Andromeda, but I wasn't excited for Mass Effect Andromeda in the same way. I kept my um, expectations in check. So the game was fine. I didn't beat it. It wasn't a disappointment though. It just I don't know. I I don't love the Mass Effect series as, as much as some people do. So. I don't know. That's probably... I'm going to leave it as no real answer. I could say Hellblade just because uh, I'm surprised that everyone was just as on top of it. I knew it was going to be good, but the fact that it seems to be good universally to most people, pretty cool. That's kind of where I stand on that. All right. Well, how about you lead us into the main topic? So, going into the main topic, a couple weeks back, actually, on August 29th, Mr. Gideon Berkland uh, replied. Saul put out that, you know, does anybody have any topics that they would like uh, to see on the show and that we may see one we like and choose it. Um, at first there was a bunch of them that popped out to me that I liked, but then the fact that Saul picked up a PlayStation four pro is actually what kind of drew me specifically to this one. So Gideon's question was how about a retrospective or not a question, but his topic was a retrospective on the PS4 pro considering the hype success of the uh, Xbox one X could Sony have done anything differently? Uh, I think this is not only interesting from the fact that now Saul, uh, now Saul can speak on the PS4 Pro at least a little bit. It's not really in depth, but he does have the ability to say something and have some kind of you know experience with the system. Um, and he can see a little bit about how it compares to what we're seeing on the Xbox One X side, even though this is a little bit of a premature thing for Xbox One X. All we're seeing, and I guess what I'm going to take the system to is that the retrospective of PS4 Pro is going to be retrospecting on how they set up the system and how they started pushing the system out into marketing and people's, you know, getting feedback and all that, getting it into the market before it actually released versus what the Xbox One X is doing in terms of building hype and, and getting it ready for release. Um, and then I do, I do also want to talk a little bit about your experience with the PS4 Pro because that does help paint where the PS4 Pro stands today versus what they sold, you know, in comparison. Right. Um, so I want to start it off with what are your basic impressions of the PS4 Pro now that you have one? Well, I obviously love it. Um, I think that I, and to start off, I'll say two things. One, I have a 1080p TV, so I don't have, I'm not playing this on 4k. Two is that I was having some severe issues with my PlayStation four that was Seemed uncommon. Not a lot of people seem to have it. But if I tried to do anything that involved online in the settings, in the cross-media bar, whether it was look at friends, invite somebody to a party, go to the PlayStation store, anything that had to do with online, it would take so long. And there were times when I would pull up the store and it would sit there and load, and it would load for five to ten minutes in timeout. Sometimes it would be instant. And that, that irritated me. Yeah, I've I mean, noticed, that would definitely irritate me as well. I've noticed with the PS4 That sounds Pro, like the PS3 PlayStation Store. Yeah. Which I don't know if you remember how yeah, awful that was. And it was actually worse. It was funny. They updated it to match into what the PS4 was going to look like, and it was awful. I think it, I remember like, you showing me it would, it looked It carding. looked great, but it was super slow. Yeah. Super slow. And, you know, it, it looked really basic originally uh, from, like, after they – because, you know, when they first launched PS Store, uh, it was in the, inside of a browser – and then they finally moved it out into its own thing with PS4. So that was like 2008, 2009 that they were able to do that. So from then on to like 2012-ish, it was yeah. the normal PlayStation Store. that was very simple looking, but it worked. It was very, it was quick. You could not as quick as the new one is on PS4, but it was quick enough, and it you could get around it. Literally, it slowed down so much when they updated. So it's funny hearing you say that. It's exactly. It sounds like the pains I still go through with on the PS3. 
when I'm occasionally on my PS3 and have to go to the store for something. Right. It's awful. It, it was just so slow. And with the PS4 Pro, that has not happened yet. And I have gone to the store to download titles that I had digitally on my original PS4. I've gone there to browse sales. I've gone and I've invited with Destiny out. I've invited people to chat, uh, you know, party chat. I have looked at people online to see who's playing. There's no slowdown. There's nothing there. It is fast and seamless. And that's something I never have experienced with my original one. So I think that for me, the way I traded up into it, I took advantage of some GameStop promos. Um, I only paid out of pocket 140 bucks. Cool. And that is including the warranty and a pop figure and another random GameStop item. And the pro so, is still the pro is still 400 right now, correct? Right. It's 400 for a terabyte. And Well, yeah, they all come with one terabyte standard. Yeah. Just, just uh, um, put it out there. And that's something else that I like a lot about it is the space because at any time I could have updated the PS4, I had uh, their hard drive. It's yeah. super duper easy. I could have bought. I actually have an external hard drive. I could have bought a cable for it and te- technically had a terabyte worth of space uh, between my 500 gig external and the 500 gig inside. And I have yet to play with Destiny out. I've yet to go back to these older titles I've re-downloaded to see you know boost uh, support and any kind of visuals that have changed. For I games have, that have official, because so boost, right. boost support for those who don't know is like basically kind of it's, like, it's, it's almost like just unofficial performance improvements. Like right. hey, it's letting the game use these things. Uh, it'll never go above what the targeted specs were, but it'll help you hit targeted like the, the targeted A frame rate targeted spec. Yeah, so, so and, and that's useful. And and I've seen it in enough games that I've went back and played that I'm like, this is cool. Uh, there are people that have played way more than I have because a lot of the games that I really wanted to see with the Pro, like games I'd be keen to go back to, are games that I actually end up receiving PS4 Pro patches officially. Anyways, yeah. So, and see, uh, The Evil Within, that's one that I downloaded when I was on sale for 20 I can't bucks. believe they didn't do a Pro and patch for it. Now, definitely though, now that there's a sequel. Apparently, the boost mode fixes all issues yeah. with the frame drops that I've had in that game. So I'll probably go back and play that game. Um, so I'm really enjoying it so far for, you know, I think $110 basically, uh, is what I actually paid for the, the, the PS4 itself, yeah. um, for the pro, I think was well worth it for me. And not everybody's going to be like that. And I think a very, very small percentage of people have 4k TVs that have HDR that can work with a pro, um, cause they're just really expensive and not a lot of people can go spend $1,000 plus to get these two combinations tied together i mean yeah so, that's true because this tv and the ps4 pro together when i picked them up was like a thousand fifty yeah and that's kind of and this is kind of going into a rant a little bit what i'm sure we're going to get into against microsoft but pretty much i love it I, I really am glad something like this exists whether or not it's necessary um and it you, all depends you on feel your perspective. like you feel like it benefits you enough even as a 1080 1080p machine currently Right, because I know I'm, I'm future-proofing myself. Yeah. Basically, I had an issue with the PS4, so I bought that knowing that soon enough I'll have a 4K monitor to play all my games on. Okay. So, where I want to go from that talk, uh, because that is still for people, I mean, he's very light. The only games he's really played on it at all is pretty much Destiny. And Absolver. And Absolver. Um, and that game was such an indie <laughs> game that I don't think that that game... It already kind of performs iffy. So I think that... What? So get closer, you might. Oh, I am close. My nose is touching the... the... It wasn't a second ago. Continue. But anyways, <laughs> that game already had some kind of graphical glitches in the game. So... Every time you pick that mic up, it just kills me. <laughs> I don't know why. There's no sounds being made. It doesn't matter. Anyway, continue past that. Is, there, is that, is that kind of really it. Okay. Um, all right. Well, cool. So you have two games you played on, and I understand. Um, and I know that you've done enough party chatting and moving around your, your menu to kind of understand that. And I think you see, so going into, I want to pull the specs up real quick. 
for the PS4 Pro. So for those who don't know, the PS4 Pro is basically like almost double the um, the original specs of the base PS4. And uh, not specs, I'm sorry, I want to say specifically graphical output. So you're seeing quite a bit more teraflops put on there um, with just graphical output. But you didn't see that big of a jump specifically with the processor side. Now, this is getting into the weeds for some people who don't know much about the way that these consoles are put together. But basically what it means is that you have a lot more raw power to put graphical processing out, but you did not see that much of a jump in the ability to put actual processor, like, you know, um, data processing, basically, through your processor. Um, so with that being said, here's a, here's the big differences you're looking at. So CPU to CPU, excuse me, um, you see a 1.6 gigahertz 8-core AMD Jaguar on the PS4 and a 2.1 gigahertz 8-core AMD Jaguar on the PS4 Pro. So you're seeing a jump, but not that drastic. You're just seeing basically a gigahertz increase. So it, they overclocked it more or less. Right. So what you're seeing on the original PlayStation 4 is 1.84 teraflop AMD Radeon, and then the PS4 Pro has 4.2 teraflop AMD Radeon. Um, then going down into the memory that it has, which is the RAM, you have 8 gigs of DDR5 on the PS4 and 8 gigs of DDR5 on the PS4 Pro plus 1 gig of DDR3 uh, in the Pro to handle offloading stuff like Netflix and stuff that used to take a gig of your memory up on your PS4. So basically, you are getting an extra gig of DDR5 RAM. Technically, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the way it works. It offloads the stuff that's not RAM-intensive onto the DDR3 where it's slower, right. like Netflix and, and then so the your, DDR... your, your suspended applications. Yeah. Uh, that used to go to your DDR5 RAM. Now that they've put in this extra one gig, it acts as a buffer and it can throw off the stuff on there. But can you can you play games while having other things suspended? Yes. Okay, because I, I typically will go through... Uh, Netflix is not something I do on the PS4 that I play video games on. Yeah. We have a PS4 that any week that we use mainly as for Netflix and games she plays, but I don't play games on that, so I don't usually transition between those Yeah, two. I understand. Yeah, but no, you can do that on, on both. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you, it, it gets where you can't start another game, obviously, so that's where you're... Right. But you can use background stuff like video programs and stuff like that. All right, so that's about as far as I want to go into it because there's not a, a very much of a point. You get an extra USB port. Uh, on which the, I on do the make Pro, use of. Now I got my, I, see, I have that Pro Controller that's wired. Mm -hmm. So now I have the USB mm -hmm. plug in the back, and then I have it going under my desk. Instead of it being overflowing on the top of my desk, it makes my desk look clean. Yeah, exactly. And I like that about mine, too, when it comes to uh, the VR being hooked yeah. up into it all the time. Um, so you're seeing a jump, but the, one of the greatest things is that you're seeing quite a bit of a jump with only a $100 price difference between the two systems, between a PS4 and a PS4 Pro. So now what you're going to see with the with the Xbox, and which is where I think is weird, Xbox is doing Xbox is doing the exact opposite of PlayStation uh, in this particular thing. And I actually want to go to something that uh, my name is Dan uh, Square XO, you know, good good buddy over there. Yes. Um, what, something he said in response to our tweet about this. Um, he says PS4 Pro was released under much, much less fanfare and with less lead-up time. Microsoft have gone overboard, in my opinion, classing X as a new machine, saying that as someone with no interest in anything on the horizon for Xbox, it's not a subject console I have any care for. I'd rather Microsoft pump money into creative, innovative, um, creating innovative, creative, and top-class games. Where are the games? Um Agreed. So literally that's three different tweets and that is probably the most salient point in this entire discussion is that 
I think that both of them handled it in weird ways. I think Microsoft handled the initial at the initial aspect of even saying that it existed better than the PlayStation did. PlayStation got too lost yeah, in things I that, see that PlayStation. And I remember that was such a weird conference because while it interested me from a tech perspective, I was like, this is kind of weird. Because it doesn't hold the same energy as the PS4 reveal did. Because the PS4 reveal right. was something you could physically see. You saw the jump. You saw gameplay of, of Killzone. You're like, holy crap. But you can see a 720p to 1080p difference. And you can't see. One of the biggest points was HDR, right? You cannot see what HDR looks like on the stream. The other thing yeah. is you can't see what the 4K looks like exactly. on a 1080p stream. So yeah. you're, you're literally showing things that no one's going to be able to see. Unless you have a 4K monitor and you're watching it in 4K, it Which, doesn't do nothing I, for If you. I'm not mistaken, you couldn't even stream that in 4K. So it didn't matter. I'd add it was, your internet yeah, if you could. Exactly. <laughs> Streaming in 4K is crazy. Um, but people do it, so I'm not saying it's impossible. But I don't know that they even made that 4K available. So that's one thing, which was kind of, again, bad. It's yeah. better for the people who are physically there, worse for the people who are streaming it. And see, this, this, and I've talked, I said this before, this is what I was going to talk about harping on Microsoft in a way, is that with the E3 this just, la- this last year, this couple months ago. Well, we want to say they announced, but so we're, so yeah. people who don't know, or people who don't pay as much attention maybe on the Xbox side. The Xbox One X was originally announced as a Scorpio last year's E3, so E3 2016. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, so with that being said, they had not only a full full year to say, "Hey, this exists," and they were, "Oh, this is it's going to be a beast. It's going to be so powerful, and it's going to be this new thing." And they had that little short video of developers talking about working with it in the very loose sense. And they're like, "Oh, it looks great so far. It's great. Right, it's going to yeah. allow us to do very, so much." Very scripted. Um, so I'm not going to say it was scripted. I don't know, but it could have been. It felt very, it felt very yeah. rigid. So, But with that being said, there was another almost year, obviously, until E3. But I think in March of this year is when they announced the specs, right? That sounds about right. It sounds about right. For the yeah. Xbox One X. And they early. did it in a good way. They went to For the people who do care about specs and who are going to actually care about that side of it, they went to Euro, they went to Eurogamer. Uh, and, and Digital Foundry. And Digital Foundry, which I think are somehow tied. I, don't I think know they, if that's they may be the same thing. But Digital Foundry are people who really matter in that sense. Uh, and they're going to be the people who follow Digital Foundry are going to understand that, A, they're the authority in that space. They have the, the people who actually go to them and the people who are going to care about specs are going to go to them anyway. It's the right place to do it, and they're credible. Um, that's, that's the most important thing is that it's – it's Digital Foundry saying, this is what the specs are. This, right. this is why it's impressive. And it's a trusted source. Because Sony coming out on stage and saying, hey, these we have great specs. Well, I mean, they are good specs, but, but it's Sony saying it. Why would they yeah, not say, say it? Same you know what Microsoft, I mean? Yeah, you know. exactly. So if Microsoft handled it themselves, again, it's just it, it lends so much more credence to what they're saying when somebody like Digital Foundry steps in. So I think that they've done good steps. But they've also done bad steps because letting the system even be known for a year and then trying to act like it was something so different from the PS4 Pro hurt it more when we saw it again at E3. And even though it's still more powerful than the PS4 Pro, it is still the same basic idea of the PS4 Pro. It is an iterative system. Yeah. It is not a true new system, which is something that Dan mentioned. They're classing it as a new machine without giving it new machine priority. I I really wish, though, and this is what what I was going to say about harping on them, is that you have a you have a brand you have a brand new console. Mm-hmm. May not be uh, the new generation, but it's 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 the new middle gen, as I've kind of called it lately. Okay, yeah. Mid gen refresh. More powerful than the PS4 Pro. Yeah. It cannot play the PlayStation Four exclusives. So what are they going to supplement 
game wise. Game-wise. So this comes back into what he's saying. Where are the games? Yeah. And don't get me wrong, Microsoft has done so much better this gen and even just having games, but also having games that are a little more varied than, I'll tell you than right, the three sixty gen. Right now, if you do not have and this is somewhat somewhat kind of diluted and, and not um ironic, but it's uh I can't think of the term right now. When you when you argue against yourself Oh having hypocritical. Yeah, hypocritical. I was having a mind fart there. Um this is a little hypocritical, but if you do not have a 1080p TV, you can buy, or a 4K TV, you can buy a gaming computer and build it yourself for the same price as the Xbox One X and have 1080p, 60 frames per second. So there's no point in buying an Xbox One X if you don't have 4K. if you don't have a 4K TV. Yeah, because you're going to get the same games well, on your gaming. To PC. be fair, some games will do super sampling, so you do get a little bit of an effect from it. It's I mean, it isn't important, but a lot of people would. A lot of people who care about the spec side of things, who don't necessarily or aren't sold on 4K yet, would much prefer 1080p 60. Right. So yeah, I get where you're going with that, and yeah, it's a little hypocritical. There's a lot of things that the PS4 Pro does, but there's a couple things. The, the well, PS- I was I was saying hypocritical for me because yeah, I, I bought course. the PS4 Pro without exactly. having a 4K. Exactly. So but there are those exclusives. And I'm already building a gaming PC, so there's the kind of thing of like I care more about Sony's exclusives. Yeah, they, that's what I was about to say. It's Microsoft's. not that they don't have any; it's that they don't have enough. Right. And they don't. Ha- and they, even though they're more varied than ever, in my opinion, they're still not varied enough, and they don't come out. Sony's done such a good job because it's actually funny. Sony started this gen pretty slow. Right. There yeah, wasn't Nat, just a ton. It was Killzone, Nat and Killzone, and, Infamous. The, and then Infamous came in the in the launch window. And we kind of kind of got trickles. Of and two other years later, we got Bloodborne, but, which I think is the first major one for me. Well, not two years. That was like a year. And, that was like a year and three months in. Because oh, okay, I thought that was about two years. No, because I'm pretty sure Bloodborne released uh, February of fifteen, and the PS3 launched November March, of thirteen. Wasn't it? it might have been March. It was somewhere okay. in that area. I could be wrong. February, I think, was the order, somewhere around there, or it was April, one of those two. Uh, but regardless, so they they had a slow build up specifically with the game side of how all this is handled. They had a slow buildup, but then now you see Sony literally killing it constantly. And, and they're Every doing year, such a big balance. Of, there's five games. and then, Well, more than that. There's more than well, five. I was say, there's I, been ten games from Sony specifically this year well, I was say there's, there's five games from any given individual that they could play them because they oh. got something for everybody. Well, sure, sure. So, yeah, they have um, ten, twelve big titles, but there's at least five games that you can pick from that you would enjoy. Which this is such a weird argument because it's it does crazy. come down to where you stand. I mean, if you do not have any interest in Microsoft, I mean, in Sony's exclusives and you like Microsoft, then you're fine. Then buy a gaming PC. Um, but what I will say... If you say, don't have a 4K TV. I, I mean, I agree, but... If you have a 4K TV, then that may be worth it because I can tell you, you're not going to be able to find a gaming PC. Well, yeah, but this conversation, is, this, this conversation isn't buy an Xbox One X or don't buy or, no, or I buy know. a PC. No, that's not what you're saying. That's not what you're saying. Because you know it's saying that there are games for people who want to buy Xbox, but maybe these people don't want to buy the Xbox One well, no, that's, X. So I'm with that, you. That was my blow to Microsoft for the fact of that they can have the most powerful console in the world. If they don't have the games that supports it, you can always get the same experience on a PC, PC. You're and right. not even worry about that. Or, Xbox or another Xbox. And that's the biggest problem is, where at what point do you go, I need to buy this? See, right. And the same could be said about the PlayStation 4 Pro, but Sony didn't pull it in and give it this much hype and didn't try and... They didn't reveal a portion. They, did, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, they didn't try and push it in the same way. Sony were much more timid. Yeah. Because um, they, knew, they knew that it was, it was a very... It was a very Small, I would say. I think their goal of a talking about the fact that a new system that was going to be a mid gen refresh was in the works. Remember, they did that right before E three, right? And then in what was that? 
we saw the PS4 Pro. Is it like September? I want to say that's that sounds right. about right. I want to say it was September. We saw the PS4 Pro reveal, uh, and they also revealed the Slim. So by doing that, the time from talking about the system even existing to the time where we saw the console in action and was very short. And then the time from when they saw the console in action to the sign that to, to the time that we had the console in hand was even shorter. Yeah, because see, the Xbox One X is going to come out, and then two years down the road, there's going to be a PS5. It comes out next it, year, it, right? It's weird, but yeah, I mean, I think the biggest, yeah, it, I mean, what, the, the Xbox One X? No, it's supposed to come out this year, November 17th. Okay, I was thinking so, that a little bit longer saying that, though, release date. But from time of the uh, announcement of this system to the time of release is somewhere close to a year and a half. And yet the incremental update that it adds onto the Xbox One S is not big enough to warrant this kind of distance, I would say. It kind of harkens back. It's weird that they just spent that much time because that's that much more time for people to get hyped on it. That's that much time for people's expectations to be built up. That's that much more time for people to get it and then think that it's not as big as they thought it was going to be. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say I cannot sit there and look at the system and say it's going to be a failure. I can be extremely wrong. There is going to be, you know, it was the most fastest pre-ordering console in a long, long time. Yeah. You heard about that. So it's like there are going to be tons of people who buy this, but... I feel like the whole thing between them right now and the way that these kind of midlife console machines are working are there's not enough substantial change to warrant the price tags. And what's the price tag of the Xbox One X? 500. Uh, 499. Yeah, exactly. Same price as a PS4 Pro. Nope. So, PS4 Pro is 400. 399. I thought you just said 400. Did you say five hundred? I said four ninety nine. I said five hundred. Oh, I was not paying attention. I'm sorry. So yeah, a hundred dollars more, and what do you get? Real, actual, real four K that's going to still be super sampled a little bit here and there. It, yeah, and that's the biggest problem is that they touted it as this true four K system, but we're already seeing games games not hit four K on the. System. Since when did resolution become such a big thing that it, this, this generation? I know, but it's crazy. Like care, like you, and I know because people would rather say, "Look at how good the game looks." Then say, look at how good the game plays. Or feels. Because a lot off, of that comes down to feel. Yeah, when you're showing off a game to somebody, you 60 frames like, per second. That's, that's, 60 frames per second does look good. It does. Don't get me wrong. It does look good when you're looking at it. It's like, oh, that looks smooth. But, it, it, but the, sitting, the importance of it is not really felt until you have the controller in hand and you realize that your inputs are that much quicker, that much yeah. smoother, and that much. That's where it matters. See, the thing is, is that when it comes to this visual war, 60 frames per second doesn't matter as much because if you throw 60 frames per second up on a screen at E3, the people looking at it go, well, it looks smooth, but I can't tell that there's really a big right, difference. Right, because it's an experience. Yeah, Where, whereas you can sit there and go, look at this 4K, and people right. are like, Whoa! And then all the people who buy the big old 4K TVs are going to like pause it and say, look at this, how good this game looks. And, they, like, and, and here's, here's good. the thing. They, they do look beautiful. They do. The point is stands. I told you, when I got the PS4 Pro, of course, one of the first games you're going to try out on it is Uncharted. Uncharted. So I tried on Uncharted 4, and not only did Uncharted 4 look beautiful in terms of just graphics, the HDR actually added a big effect. And now, again... I am one of the few people of this pool that were able to experience that because I bought an HDR TV specifically for this. Not everyone's going to do that. Exactly. Not everyone has that disposable income. But then the flip side of that argument is the people that don't have that disposable income are not going to be buying the, micro, the Xbox One X to begin with because why would you want the console that's all about power when you do not have the thing to visually see the power in the way it's meant to be? Yeah, because like... If, Which is the same for PS4 Pro. So boost mode is something that helps and I think the Xbox is going to have something very similar I'm to sure, boost mode. Yeah. Um, but the, the biggest part about this is that this console generation has become so much about visual prowess. Which is? 
That it, and I, I get it, but I do think that some of this comes down to the fact that it's become about visual prowess because the internet loop that's ended up happening is that yeah. during the PS3 and 360 gen, there were very little games that hit 1080p. Con- what, did, what did PC people say all the time? You can't even hit 1080p. Right. Well, then, then what happened? We hit 1080p, and then the console people, were, I mean, the, then the computer people were saying, can't even hit 4K. Then we hit 4K. Even if it's through a weird, you know, here's checkerboard, then upscaled, or if it's native on games like Saturn. But it's like, hey, regardless, we're hitting 4K. So, But what you keep seeing is that you're seeing a loop that's happening, and the console manufacturers are hearing this. Obviously, of course they are, the, yeah. the console manufacturers are basically the PC people are goading and egging on the people for console is being like you can't hit this resolution then the console people are like well we want this resolution this is what we need because they're trying to it's, it's almost right. like a, uh, i will say though i have heard more insulting consoles for not hitting 60 frames per second before 4k was a thing recently though no 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 no, no i no. know but i'm saying more when the ps3 launch i mean when the ps4 launched that's what the argument flipped to you can't hit 4k and you can't hit 60 frames per second okay yeah i was gonna say i've never heard much of 4k but i heard because at that point nobody two and a half years ago nobody had 4k monitors that that's even lower percent on percentile now than there was who have hd tvs and it makes me shudder to think that people are going to go out to best buy and buy a cheap 300 4k tv thinking the input lag trying to play games on it there's all sorts of on their stuff. couch 10 feet away. There's That's all sorts of unplayable. Stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to say unplayable because, again, games are all – it's just so weird. I mean, if you think that you can buy the Xbox One X or PS4 Pro for four or $500, whatever, um, whichever one you get, and then also buy a $300 TV and really see the difference – if that's what you want to do and that makes you happy as a consumer, that's your that's your prerogative. It's I mean, right. it works. It works for you. Uh, but as an avid gamer and a gamer enthusiast and someone who does care about the technological side, I think that the obviously the Xbox One X is a fantastic console. It is. It's, it, it's a console that, and if we're comparing the way that PS4 Pro handled it to this, the PS4 Pro made more sense to not have exclusives for it. The Xbox One X is more powerful to an extent that I do feel like it should have been what we saw with the 360 from the Xbox original we should have just seen a four-year generation from xbox and just had xbox go cut the cord xbox one's not doing too great what can we do we can move forward all xbox one games still work on the one x but the one x can't have exclusives it will be its own console it'll be built on a similar architecture but this way games can completely shine because right we've, we're seeing the same thing on ps4 pro where the game where the ps4 pro is not being leveraged completely because the game has to be set where, where we have even more now consoles original thing was okay ps3 maybe it's not as powerful as a modern computer but guess what we can push this little ps this little ps3 because we know how to optimize optimize for this particular set of 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 innards well now that's getting more and more diluted we have ps4 we have ps4 pro they're similar architecture but now we have different specs we can hit right and you 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 hope from the game development side it's as easy it's hopefully letting the game scale but by letting the game scale, that means that whatever you're using the scale with still has to work on the uh, unless they're doing something crazy like letting the PS4 Pro one and putting all this on the disc, which who knows if they will. I don't know from the development side if they're switching out textures. Okay, well, here's the textures. I think with the way PS4 Pro technically works is it's giving you a higher output resolution, but your textures are still whatever textures were in the base game. Yeah. So they look better. One of the arguments, well, I mean, it kind of. It, it, it does, but still the same Just textures. So because it's, it's a resolution change. It's upscaling a... Sometimes even 720p texture. Skyrim, yeah. Skyrim is one of the craziest things. Like some of their textures were like 240p because oh they didn't need to be anything higher. Yeah, on consoles, but then right. on P- PC you could change them to 1080p, and you'd notice surprisingly if you knew what you were looking at. But otherwise, you get lost. Yeah, in I remember you it. playing it on PC and it looked really, really good. Yeah. So, but with all that being said, it comes down to 
how the Xbox One's going to leverage that power. The Xbox One is getting some games 4K textures, some games not, some games probably 2K textures or 1080p textures being upscaled. Um, from a technological side, the system's great, but they're, I feel like they're holding themselves back so far by not letting this be the new console that they said it was going to be and then backed off of and then keep kind of dancing around. And see, even then, they just they need to focus on games because at the end of the day, the console is just a bridge that you cross to play video games. And, you know, if Halo was still a good franchise, I'd still have an Xbox One S at home. It would be my primary machine, but I'd still have it. I'd still play it. But and me and Joe were talking about this the other day. Halo 5 is garbage. And it's like they can't save this anymore, especially with Halo 6 being the last one. So what do you have now? You have Gears of War and you have Horizon. Congrats. You have a third-person shooter and a racing game. What about people who like RPGs or people who like action-adventure games? Like, what, what, like who are you catering to that's And that's they're losing exclusive? some of them, like right. Scalebound and stuff. That probably would have filled in some of these, like, okay, do you like Japanese games? Here's Scalebound. Right, Japanese and see, that's it. the thing is um, that... That that's one thing that pushed me so hard to get a PS3 last gen, is that I had an Xbox One or an Xbox 360, and I played Lost Odyssey, which was great, and then I played um, Radiant Historia, great. Like yeah, I think the four JRPGs that released on that system. Yeah, I played almost every JRPG that. Almost released. every one of them released really early, and then it was just stuff like Final Fantasy 13 that was big enough to be. That was one out. I played too, um, but I played all these RPGs, and then I was like, okay, what now? Because I have Halo, I have Borderlands, and I have all these RPGs I've already beaten. So, let me go look at what PlayStation has. And then I look at PlayStation, there's Demon Souls, then there's uh, all the other games, like all the, um, oh, what are they called? I can't think of them. Tales games. Okay. They're all the Tales games on PS3. Because Tales then, of... Uh, Bisteria? No. Abyss was the only Abyss. one that came on 360, yeah. Uh, and it was exclusive to 360, it's important. Yeah. And then you had, like, The Last of Us. Vesperia. It was Tales of Vesperia. Vesperia. Okay. Sorry. Then you had, like, The Last of Us, then you had all the Uncharted games, and then... So you had all these other games that, sure, the quantity back... Or, yeah, the quantity back then may have been somewhat on par with exclusives, I think. Um, Big, big, big exclusives. When I'm telling you right now, if you ask somebody... Well, hold on. What are you saying? Because I'm telling you that around 2011, when a lot of the exclusives were really hitting... I'm talking about, like, 2010. Well, even even then, man, I mean, you started seeing a really big slowdown, and working at GameStop, it was more evident than ever since I didn't play Xbox. Back then, I didn't have the money to have one. It wasn't going to work that way. Um, but you'd see Sony just bam, 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 exclusive, 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 and then you'd see exactly what Microsoft is doing now, uh, where almost all of their exclusives, and there were not many, it'd be like three big exclusive releases right at the end of the year, and that's kind of what they did. Well, no, and then I, that even slowed down from 2011 on. You no, what, I, what I'm saying, though, is that the amount of, like, word of mouth, and the amount of, uh, like, Oh, I thought you meant quantity titles. of exclusives. No, way, that's why I paused okay, for a second. Either like, way, quantity, this is, like, this, this, I mean, yeah, I get where you're going, and it's a completely different tangent that still right, ties it into is. this. yeah. But I guess what it comes down to is now that you have a PS4 Pro and you you watched the PS4 Pro event, didn't you? Yeah, and then I even, okay. and then when we like I came over and, and then we, we talked were, about we it. were talking about you show so. we tried to watch a video on your 4K monitor that just wouldn't load. Yeah, <laughs> it, was it was super slow. Yeah, it was Horizon. Right? Uh, yeah, that was because my my computer was on Wi-Fi and not hardwired back then. I forgot about that. Yeah, um, and I think. So, but with that being said, though, where I want to come in is that, is that you watched the event, you know how it was handled leading up to the console. It was handled now you have appropriately. But at the time, it's funny. People gave them hell at the time for not handling it well enough. But I think in retrospect, 
it was handled much more appropriately and smoothly and accurately than the amount of hype that that Microsoft's putting behind the Xbox One X. It's, I hope the One X does well. Maybe it'll do great for them. I'm sure it will, and, and I hope well, it does because I because I don't want there to be well, you know, the, not, the old adage that competition is good for business. It yeah, is. I was gonna say that's what I was gonna say. I don't want to say that there is technically, but right now there's a monopoly going on uh, in consoles. And well, it's all Nintendo is really scaring. Yeah, they're that. catching up. They're scaring that, but yes, but. That's that's almost a whole other like market of people. I would think. I don't think that a lot of. Well, no, because I own a Switch and everything. I was gonna say I, I think that that's that's not a market that is a big console name right now. Well, I think the reason that there. market's working is that people who don't get who people who haven't gamed necessarily crazily are still buying the Switch. Not the same, of course. Not the same way as the the, the, the Wii was. No, not the same. Oh. Way, not the same way as the Wii, where people who literally never gamed started gaming. But people who haven't gamed in a while are coming back to the Switch. That makes sense. Uh, and I think that that's something the casual gamers that are buying the Switch is a market that Sony obviously wants to tap into, which is why you have what we talked about last week. Uh, no, sorry, two weeks before that, yeah. uh, where we talked about Sony's marketing shift. Right. That marketing shift comes into play that they see that Nintendo is tapping into a market that they weren't hitting very well, and neither is Microsoft. Um, so I think Sony did it right. I think Xbox did it wrong. Um, the, in the, in and I reveal, think that the only reason that they did it wrong is timing, because the yes. time is part of what's built this hype the way it has, because... To not make the console appear dead, they have to mention it every now and then. You could have done a conference a month before E3 and revealed it there. Yeah. Then you could have used E3, but nothing exclusive that you should have had. But you don't. You have Cuphead. Then you have The Last Light or Last Night. But regardless, but you, you show even more E3. You reinforce the idea, and then you say, "See if it's if it's six months to, re- to from very first word of it to release, which is what the PS4 Pro was. That's that makes sense." If, if, if and it yeah. doesn't give it doesn't give enough time for hype to get too high, but it gives you just enough time to get hype because the what the funny thing about hype is that some people are like, oh well hype is ridiculous. You have to have hype. Hype sells. Yeah. Hype is what makes you want to buy a game. Hype is what makes you want Destiny Two. Hype is what makes me want to see an order of this like, a sequel to the order. Yeah. Hype is what made me buy the order in the first place. Not negative hype. Hype of what I saw versus what I know I like. You need hype. Hype is important in this industry. But you got to be careful not to overly hit it because hype is also the death of this industry in certain ways. Because hype is what killed No Man's Sky. Yeah, it, it very well was. And what's funny and is that hype is, ironically enough, kind of what's saving it. Word of mouth hype of people talking about these new updates is getting people to come back. Yeah, and my, my final thoughts for this is that if you, if Microsoft, if you can bring out a console that is hitting these benchmarks that's better than PS4 Pro, then I really, really hope that somewhere down the line you 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 do get these ownership rights to these exclusive games that you need very so desperately. And as a quick addend, I could add into that is that it's funny that Phil Spencer at one point in time said that they were doubling down on games and I've not seen it in my I opinion mean, yet. Cuphead looks good. Oh, Cuphead does, but the last, or I keep wanting to call it the last light. It's last night or that last night. Those last Whatever. nights. Yeah. It's the really, really cool indie cyberpunk game. Um, that looks really cool. There and is. the indie exclusive thing is something to matter, but we're talking larger industry, and larger industry is still not necessarily right. attuned to indies in the same way. Way better than ever before, but AAA is where it's going to hit home the most. See, so where is Microsoft competing in the AAA right. space? And why did he come out and say that they're investing more in these exclusives if they're not investing in the AAA exclusive? He should have made it clear. We're investing in exclusives of all kinds. There will be indie exclusives. There will be new groundbreaking. I mean, we're seeing a little bit of it. We're seeing Sea of Thieves. We saw Recore, which was technically an exclusive but it wasn't a first party it's like a third party exclusive. yeah and second then, party is what they and here's it. here's a cool little thought i noticed is that when we were standing in line at the midnight for destiny midnight or whatever you know we got it at like 10 p.m um 
Did you see how many PS4 copies that were on the counter? How many Justin had in his hand? He had two Xbox One copies and a stack for probably around twelve yep. PS4 copies. And that and was, and there was everybody one, in the store. One Xbox Limited Edition. Yeah, and then one Xbox Collector's Edition. I think I saw. Oh uh, no! Was the Collector's Edition PS4? Yeah, that was my okay. one. He handed me. No, it, no, the Collector's, the one with the backpack. That, oh, I keep getting those confused. The guy um, that walked out of the door. The limited edition where you No, have. no. I think his was PS4, was Yeah, it, it was. But regardless, so but you're just saying that what you're seeing right now is that you're seeing PlayStation, even in our little town of, you know, our small sample size, you're seeing PlayStation stomp out Xbox. Yeah, and it's just, it's crazy because it's it, it kind of just goes back to you just need those games. Nobody cares about, or I, there, there's so much of a smaller minority that cares more about 4K than the games they're playing. Well, yeah, but that's why I think that they should have made this a new console thing because you stand to gain more by making this a new console than you do by making it a refresh because what you do is you admit failure for this console generation, which they, I mean, it's not failure, they still did good, but they admit that they lost to right. PlayStation in terms of competition. And, they, and, and what they do is that you, you admit it, people see you admit it, and you go, by admitting that, what we're also doing is doubling down in the opposite direction here. Here's what we have. This is our machine. It's all new. This is a new generation for us, a new mindset, new mentality. Here are the games you want. Here's the power you want. Right. And I think that that's the way they could have done this, and I think that that would have redeemed them more than we're going to see here. This is the safe approach, which means that it's not as much of a risk, but it's also, if it does well, it's not as much of a reward as it would have been if it was a new console. Right. And that's all it is. I think that handling has been fine for PS4 Pro in retrospect. I'm actually proud of them for handling it the way they did, even if it was confusing at times. It didn't. It never got a chance to devour itself. Whereas yeah. I feel like we're already seeing that with the One X. By the time it launches, it's there's a good pe- amount of people who are either going to be overboard with the hype and they're gonna, it's going to disappoint them, or we're going to see people who the hype actually turned them off because there's too much. Yeah, uh, and that does happen. So when you see that mixture, I'm really curious to see what day one sales of Xbox One X are, and if the amount of pre-orders are actually all picked up at the first 24 Correct. hours. Yeah. That's something that's interesting to me. So I think what we may do is kind of do a, a, a another episode a on retro, this. A retrospective. Yeah, <laughs> a retrospective of this episode uh, whenever we have the Xbox One X launch and we can see how it performs. And I'd like to look in to see how the PS4 Pro sold at launch and if there's kind of numbers I can see between the both. Yeah, that makes um, sense. So with that being said, is there anything else we need to talk about, Saul? No. <laughs> I, keep, I keep wanting to mention the Destiny play along that is tomorrow. However, this airs on Monday, so that's will be I will be talking about something that has already happened. So yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, until episode twenty five, this has been Triangle Squared. Thank you so much. Thank you guys.